thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. It's time to kick your shoes off, put your heels up, and listen to how to live your best barefoot lifestyle with your host, the barefoot podiatrist, Paul Thompson. Hello and welcome back to the Barefoot Movement Podcast. I am your host, Paul Thompson, and this week I've had a few conversations with people around big toe extension, so big toe range of motion and how it affects our body, especially our hips. I get a lot of people coming into the clinic that I'm assessing that don't know or don't realize they have an issue with their big toe unless like people are having direct pain around the big toe it seems like not many of us really pay attention to how our toes are moving or how well they're functioning but the big toe is actually a really important piece of the puzzle when it comes to healthy movement and functional walking patterns and how healthy our like foot function is so what makes a healthy b toe the science is a, a little bit out on this there's a few different studies saying that the foot or the b toe range of motion needs to be anywhere between around 50 degrees up to around 90 degrees depending on what Um, study you look at but in my experience and and just the you know watching people walk i tend to aim for around 65 degrees as the magic number for what people need to walk efficiently and for adequate propulsion off the foot when walking without compensation So what this basically means is when your foot's flat on the ground, to test this, your big toe should be able to lift up towards the sky to around 65 degrees. Anything less than this can start to create uh, restrictions, obviously in the big toe joint, but can then have effects on how you're walking and different parts of your body can start compensating whether it be through uh, different muscles firing at different times uh, different joints being loaded incorrectly or you may find that your gait pattern or your movement pattern may change to compensate for this restriction as well and this then may result in anything from foot pain to leg pain to lower back pain Um, just general fatigue when walking. So the BTO does hold a lot of power, I guess, when it comes to how you move and then how your body's going to compensate for a lack of movement there. So 65 degrees is what we're aiming for. Now, there's a couple of conditions that you may have or you may have heard of that when the BTO doesn't move as well as it could. and the two terms for that are hallux limitus and hallux rigidus. Now, hallux is just another word for the big toe. It's a fancy word for that. So, 
helix limitus is just when the big toe is limited in its range of motion. So it has less than that kind of 65 degrees and the body then needs to start compensating for that deficiency in, in movement. Hallux rigidus is like it sounds. It's when the hallux or the big toe starts to become rigid. So not only do we start to lose the range of motion in the big toe, but it also starts to stiffen up and generally has a very, very small, if any, range of motion. And there's normally some bony changes associated with hallux rigidus. So it can be slightly harder to treat based on what stage like the joints in and what changes structurally have occurred. But still not impossible to to treat or to work on. But definitely something that needs uh, a little bit more of a thorough assessment and and a little bit more care taken when working around um, that sort of joint. It may take a little bit longer to, to treat. So what happens if we don't have adequate range of motion? The big toe, like I said before, is really important part of propulsion. So as we land during the walking cycle and then load the foot and then start to toe off, so go up onto our toes to go to the next step, that's when the big toe should be getting into that sort of 65 um, degree region. And what that allows is for the ankle and the foot to maintain um, its force or its tracking over the midline of the foot by bending that big toe enough. It also then allows for the hip to extend, so to push back behind you to you then activate the glutes and to push off. I've also spoken in the past in different um, podcasts around the windless mechanism and that's also made possible by the big toe extending or pushing up. Now for those of you who haven't um, heard me talk about it, the windless mechanism is essentially when you lift that big toe up towards the sky, you should also find that the plantar fascia starts to tighten, so the the arch starts to tighten up and raise, creating a bit of a locking of the foot, which is getting the foot ready for that propulsion. The foot's nice and rigid and ready to push you forward. Now, when we start losing that range of motion in the big toe, we don't get as much of that windless mechanism engaging, so the foot may not lock as well as it could or as quick as it could, which means you're then propelling off a softer, unlocked foot, which creates instability and the body needs to compensate for that in different ways. But one of the big things I start to see when people lose range of motion in the big toe, some real common themes around walking patterns um, that tend to happen a lot. And they are what's known as either an abductory twist or medial roll-off of the big toe and maybe excess pronation, so collapsing of the arch, or even a change of the hip. So we may start getting some circumduction of the hip, so kicking the hip 
out and around to get over the big toe. We may start um, sort of rotating the hip or the leg in the hip externally to, again, roll off that um, inside of the foot. So just to quickly expand on those couple of different compensation patterns. Now, the abductory twist is essentially when we load that foot, go to get to the point where we need to bend the big toe. If it doesn't bend, we like can't go over it because the big toe has blocked us and doesn't let us go any further. So we basically need to get around the toe somehow. An abductory twist is where we, as we go to load the big toe, we then twist the forefoot to get around off the side of the big toe. So it's like you're squashing a bug and twisting your foot every step, which starts to load that forefoot more and create friction at the forefoot. So more inclined to end up with things like neuromas and calluses and corns due to that excess friction happening from that twist, which then tends to result in like medial roll-off of the big toe. So again, we can't get over the big toe because it doesn't want to bend as much as it should anymore. So we go off the side of it. Going off the side of the big toe can then start to lead to things like bunions, um, changes structurally around the joint, as well as by not having to go over the big toe and rolling off onto the side, we start collapsing the arch more as well because all our force is now being pushed off into the side of the big toe. Then the arch can only do so much. And we're not activating that windless mechanism. So the foot's not locked. We're putting all our pressure over the inside of the foot. The foot has no option but to collapse more. So we tend to end up with um, more stress through the plantar fascia, through the arch. The Achilles may cop um, excess stress because it's being pulled out of alignment as well. All because the big toe's not bending. If the big toe's not bending as well as it could then quite often the ankle may not bend as far either. So we start to limit the range of motion around the ankle. Because again, if we're not able to get to the point that we're really pushing off um, over the midline of the foot, then we get into this habit where we're twisting around the foot. That twisting pattern generally starts to move its way upstream and we'll start then rolling off the inside of the ankle as a way of preparing to roll off the inside of the toe, which means then we don't use the full range of ankle range of motion, which starts to affect calves and things like that. Now, way further upstream, when the big toe is not extending fully, then, like I mentioned earlier, we can start twisting the hip into weird positions to also assist us getting around that big toe. And when we start twisting the the leg in the hip the wrong way at the wrong time, then we start to end up with um, glutes that don't fire at the right time. So the muscles in our backside that help with propulsion through walking as well can misfire. We may end up with shorter stride lengths, you know, start using our quads and our calves more to help with propulsion because the, the glutes and the, the 
muscles in the arch and the big toe that should be driving that movement forward because they're not allowed to do so anymore because of that range of motion being decreased, we start to, our body starts to find other muscles and joints to help out. Now, to take that even more extreme, when we start twisting that hip out and losing that function around the, the butt muscles and overusing the calves, then we can start um, creating a bit more of an anterior pelvic tilt, so the pelvis starts to roll forward, which can then start placing more load in the lower back. So as you can see, like the big toe, when we change its function, can have huge issues further upstream, as well as huge issues in the foot itself and even around the big toe itself. So why does this happen? Why do we lose the range of motion in the big toe? Well, there are lots of reasons and there's you know not one answer to this, but some common ones that I, I see can be as simple as things like trauma. So it may be that you've broken your toe or you've kicked your toe and not rehabbed it um, efficiently, which can then start to uh, cause inflammation and changing that gait pattern and it's never corrected. So you end up with this toe that just never quite is right or is never quite right again. But then we can also look at things like um, arthritic-type conditions that can start to affect range of motion. Unfortunately, another big one is footwear. Seems to be a common theme on this podcast. Footwear seems to um, have the potential to ruin lots of movement function. But yeah, the big toe in a lot of modern shoes is squished out of alignment so the toe box of the shoe can be quite tapered and doesn't allow the toes to spread naturally and maintain their alignment and when we start pulling joints out of alignment they lose their centration so the muscles either side of that big toe become affected the joint is no longer in a position that it's designed to move in which can have huge effects on the toe so just pulling that toe slightly out of alignment in like a modern jogger, say, that seems to be wide but can just pull the toes in ever so slightly and doesn't allow for normal toe spread can be enough to start to change the range of motion of the big toe. Now, the heel raise in shoes also can change the way the big toe moves and functions. The toe spring that's designed in shoes so that little kind of rocker at the front of the shoe that's built in where the toes kind of kick up off the ground in a lot of modern shoes and joggers that does a lot of the sort of rolling off and propulsion for you which means then the big toe doesn't have to do as much and it can lose range of motion that way some other reasons can just be things like hypermobile joints, um, instability. So sometimes it can be that the hip's not functioning properly and therefore the body's becoming unstable and can have um, issues downstream causing the big toe not to function properly and then lose range of motion over time. So yeah, there's not one reason, but you need to check 
footwear, that your footwear is as functional as possible and allows for for natural movement. You also need to make sure that you're trying to use the big toe regularly because if we don't use that range of motion, your body has no reason to keep it and it starts to lock up. So trying to maintain healthy movement of the big toe is also really important as well as maintaining alignment. So how do we regain range of motion of the big toe if we're lacking um, in any way? Well, you need to be careful, obviously, because we are playing around with, with joints and some of these joints may be restricted for a reason. There could be some instability in the foot that the restriction is trying to help. So by just going ahead and trying to increase range of motion may create more instability, which may cause bigger issues elsewhere. So, you know, getting back to the normal theme of you need to get assessed by someone who understands functional movement to to help guide you through the right steps, ideally. But what I tend to do in clinic, if if things permit and if it looks safe to do so, is we start working on the range of motion in the big toes. That might be uh, some gentle stretching and, and fascial releasing around the arch of the foot because if the arch gets tight, that in itself may be limiting how much range of motion you have of the big toe. So that can be as simple as like massage or getting a little foam roller or a, a little lacrosse ball and rolling the foot out. So putting enough pressure through the arch with the ball or the roller to create some discomfort but not pain. So we're just trying to massage those knots out essentially of the arch. Then what we I'd start to look at doing is some gentle mobilizations. We might do some... Um, distraction and stretching gently of the big toe. So using our hands, just gently pulling the big toe away from the foot to create a little bit of tension um, by pulling that the foot and the toe just gently away from each other and just trying to bend the toe through its full range of motion. That can help just create a bit of space in the joint so there is something limiting the joint or if there's bony changes by just gently pulling the the toe and the foot away from each other you can just create a little bit of space and then start to just take it through its range of motion but again this shouldn't be causing any sort of pain or any grinding and this should be something that's being assessed and and prescribed to you if if your foot's at the point that it needs that sort of mobilizing I also get people to just gently stretch the big toe. So that could be as simple as just um, putting the big toe up against like a wall or a small ball or a book, just something that raises the big toe off the ground slightly or to, to your range while the rest of the foot's flat on the ground. And then just gently, once you've got the, the toe raised slightly, 
Then we try and just get the heel off the ground, just nice and slow and controlled, whilst keeping that big toe in a nice straight aligned position. So we're essentially just getting that a bit of a stretch through the big toe joint by lifting the big toe and then just raising the heel to get more of a stretch um, through that big toe. And for those of you that want to see that exercise in particular, then jump onto my Instagram, which is the uh, Barefoot Podiatrist. Um, I'll put a link in the bottom of the notes of this um, just so you can see what I mean um, by this exercise. This is a nice um, one, but again, nice and slow, nice and gentle. Shouldn't be any pain. Um, you shouldn't be pushing the, the big toe past where it wants to go. It's just a gentle uh, stretching, just gentle mobilizing movement just to try and get the toe moving again and just um, yeah, trying to loosen things up. But there shouldn't be any pain when when getting the toes moving again. Another one for the big toe I like to do is getting all your fingers between the toes. So trying to squeeze all your fingers in there between each toe to really open up that joint space and starting to get those toes back into alignment, creating a bit of spread between the toes. With the other hand, I like to just hold the middle of my foot and then it's like a ringing out motion, just gently twisting the foot and the toes, like you're ringing them out, just gently twisting just to get some of the joints and bones um, moving again as well, which tends to be a bit further back in the foot, but that can help um, loosen up that big toe joint and again, um, get that moving. And then what we need to do once we start mobilizing that big toe is working on that big toe function. So creating stability through the arch, creating some strength around the muscles that hold the big toe. So essentially creating yeah more strength around the toes and around the arch and some of the other muscles that hold the foot up and then obviously looking further upstream making sure hip function and all these patterns are being restored too so if we don't address the underlying patterns behind it then chances are you'll keep creating more motion in the big toe but then as you just get on with your day you'll start to lose that range of motion again because you'll fall back into old habits and old patterns so by all means we need to mobilize the toes, but at the same time, we need to strengthen and we need to create some control and some new patterns around how we use that big toe and let our brain know that it's safe to do so again. But ideally for many of you, this will be um, done with guidance from your trusted practitioner um, because yeah, we want to make sure you do this safe and that you get the most out of it and you know the the best outcome you can to maintain your optimal health and really improve these walking patterns so just to recap the the big toe is really really important don't overlook it when trying to improve your movement and working on your biomechanics and your walking patterns because we really need it for efficient hip extension um, for propulsion when we're moving and as that big toe starts to become limited it can really affect more than just your foot so check your big toe we're looking for 65 degrees as a guide 
of where the toe needs to get to for healthy movement. And if you don't quite get there, it's not the end of the world, but it's something that we should be just, you know, aiming towards. Um, because, you know, I have seen people that can function without that full range. But, yeah, just as a bit of a a goal and a guide, 65 degrees um, is what we're aiming for. But it all comes back to the whole puzzle. Okay, We can't just be looking at the big toe either. We need to look at how the whole body's functioning. And, you know, if you have less than that 65 degrees of, of motion in your big toe, but your hips and, and all the other body parts and the patterns are functioning well, then it's fine. Like, there's no, you don't need to strictly, you know, keep pushing yourself to the nth degree to hit that, that number. But yeah, it, it all needs to work together. So, you know, go and check your big toe range of motion and, and just keep an eye out for if you're doing any of those patterns when you're moving. So whether you're rolling off the side of the big toe to get around any blockages, whether you're twisting the forefoot to get around that big toe blockage, whether you're collapsing the arch too much, whether you're changing the way your hips moving, like just keep an eye. You know, are you doing anything to get around that blockage in the big toe if you have one? Now, if you have any questions or any topics you want me to to talk about, make sure you yeah jump on either the social medias, so the Barefoot Podiatrist on Facebook or Instagram. Let me know of any topics you'd like me to address, um, which will hopefully help you understand your body more and, and get you moving better. And if you'd like to book an online or in-clinic consultation, a gait assessment, to not only check how your big toe is moving, but to help you understand how your whole body's functioning, how your gait patterns um, stack up, and most importantly, if need be, what you can do to start correcting any dysfunctional or faulty movement patterns, then jump on the link below or head to thebarefootmovement.com.au where you can book online. But I hope this has been helpful and a bit of an insight into how your big toe should function and why it may not be functioning as well as it could. And I look forward to talking with you guys again in the next couple of weeks. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.